0: doesn't matter the origin. There's origins of where it came from. And there's things that people celebrate and all those different things. But we know this is a day that is about love. And I uh, want to take advantage of that because if there's one thing the Bible talks about is love. And the, the, the greatest love story ever is in the Bible. Okay, how many can say amen? But I'm going to show you one this morning that's a little crazy. But 1 Corinthians 13 gives us the definition. And it's right before we read that, you know, they were talking about love and they were talking about how we get hurt. And there's not one person in here this morning that's exempt of being hurt. Even if you go back to being a child, young and and uh, old, it doesn't matter. You've been hurt at some time in your life. You've, you've, you've had your heart stomped on a little bit, whether it was uh, being in, in school, uh, not getting one of those, will you be my Valentine things, amen, or, or or you saw someone else get some chocolate in front of you or whatever. I'm not going to ask this morning, but there may be some people here, I doubt it though, who've never ever gotten a valentine. Because when you're in elementary, man, those things start flying around like crazy, right? Do they still do that today? Still popular? All right. Well, how many remember, I'm going to go down memory lane for a second, how many are old enough to remember being in school and not only getting the valentine in the little paper that was stapled together, right, and said, would you be my valentine? And then you got the little hearts in there, right? And how many of you would eat them before you would read them? Right? You're supposed to read them first, but I'd just be like eating them. I didn't really care what they said, right? And then you get older and you start paying a little more attention. But how many remember getting notes in school? I know we're in a texting day today, this, so this is going to date me right here. But how many remember being in school and getting the letter that was all folded up a certain way? Y'all remember that? Like it was folded this way and then that way and this way and that way. And when you opened it up, it like did something. And then they were like this big, and then they became this big. Now, how many of you are not old enough to remember that? Let me see your hands. You've never had a note like that. You didn't get one? Oh, man. So they still do that today in school? They still pass those notes. See, some things never change, right? But we've all had times. We had those times when we were younger, and Valentine's came around, and we liked somebody. And then back in the day, we would go, and we would find a friend. And we would tell our friend, hey, can you go tell so and so that I like her? Right? You would whisper in their ear, and then you'd say, and they'd say, why don't you do it yourself? And you'd say, because I'm afraid, I'm ashamed, I'm scared, whatever. And then you'd write a little note, and then they'd take the note, and they'd go hand it off to them. And how many remember the handoff? Yes. <laughs> Come on. you walking down the hall, and you see that person, and you just slip it in the hand and keep on walking. Because you don't want them to read it until after school, until you're home, and all that stuff, right? I'm used to some crazy stuff. I know we're bringing back some memories now, right? All kinds of crazy things. But at those times, we had crushes. Now, I'm going to say something. This is just, just being honest. Because of Facebook, I've been able to go back and look at people that I thought were really girls that I thought were really pretty when I was in school. And now they're not as pretty as they were when I was in school. Has anybody else ever had that, that happen? You went back, and you look, and it's like, whoa, wow. She was a lot prettier back then. And I'm not talking about being overweight or any of that. Just that she, You kind of wonder, it's like those different ages. Like, wow, I, wouldn't, I don't think I would have been attracted to her today. And uh, then you think, man, you look at your own and you thank God that you don't know what she looked like when she was a kid, but she turned out good. Amen? <laughs> and you always got to look at the mother-in-law. If you're not married in here yet, always look at the mother-in-law when you're meeting the girl. Man, you got to make sure the mother-in-law is pretty because that's how your mom's wife's going to turn out. That's, that's free. Okay? If you're already married, you're stuck. Learn to love her, amen. But that verse says, in 1 John, what they were talking about was, we love Jesus because he first loved us. We cannot, there's one thing that I've learned over the years, is we cannot give something that we don't have. And so when you begin to talk about love, love can be a very touchy subject for people. Because a lot of us, and I'm just generalizing, a lot of us don't know how to love because we've never been loved, okay? And so when we come into the body of Christ and when we come into the kingdom of God and we begin to hear the words, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. The word love is hard for many people to understand because they've never known true love. How many can say amen? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I believe many of you here this morning never knew true love till you met Jesus. You might have thought you did. You might have loved somebody. You might have been married already. You might have said to somebody, I love you or whatever. But you never knew true love till you met Jesus. Amen. Because Jesus is the definition of love. I started thinking to myself, what is the definition? I ain't going to give you a biblical definition of love. But beyond what this says right here, Jesus is. Jesus should be in the dictionary under love. Amen? Because he loved us first when we were not lovable. How many would be honest and say we were not lovable when Jesus loved us? 1 Corinthians 13, 1 says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love." I've become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and knowledge, and though I have faith so that I can remove mountains, but I have not love, I am what? Nothing. Nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love. It profits nothing because this is the definition. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things and endures all things. Love never fails. Father, this morning we ask you to anoint your word. Lord, let us get the understanding from you this morning what love is. Because Lord, there's, there's, a, there's a truth here this morning that, that many here possibly still don't really understand love. And I pray this morning, God, by the time we leave that they will understand who. And what love is. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. So I want you to go over to the book of Hosea. Now when I say that. That's going to be difficult to find. Unless you can find the book of Daniel. Most people can find the book of Daniel. So if you just uh, go over to the Old Testament. I want to look at a story this morning. That shows true love. And uh, it's page 1145 in my Bible. If you have one like me. Amen. If you don't just find Daniel. And it'll be a little bit over to the right. It'll be the next book after Daniel. Give me an amen when you get there. <clears throat> this is a, a, a subject that sometimes can be touchy. Because again, a lot of us, well, let me put it this way. All of us want to be loved. Right. That is placed in us as a child, as a newborn. We come out the stomach, we come out the womb of our mothers, and we immediately want love. And from the day we're born, I want you to think about this, from the day we're born, because this morning, I, I, I'm going to do this at the end, and I was going to do it earlier, but I'm going to do it at the end instead. I want to have um, all the married couples, obviously, come up, and I want to pray over you, but I'm also, at first, if I could, if y'all could help me remember, I want to have the ones that we've married in this church come up, and I want to show you that love, love is a powerful thing. Amen? Love can go a long ways, but we cannot give what we do not have and we begin at the, at the age of zero, begin to look for love. And we know there's a song, Looking for Love. Oh, we all know it, don't we? Looking for It's a country song, ain't it? Looking for love in all the wrong places. That's my best country I could do right there, okay? Not a big country fan. I just put a little twang on it, right? But we start looking for love from that very little, we don't know it, and then, of course, we get to the age of accountability. We begin to understand life. We begin to look for love. And we begin to look for what comes along with love, which is acceptance. Right? That goes along with love. All we truly want, like if, if you could get past all the layers this morning, then I'm, I'm going to get in your living room for a second. You know, I really have this plan, but I'm going to get in your, in your living room for a second. If you get past all the layers that we put up, all the things we put up so that no one can really get too close to us. We are just young little kids in big old bodies, grown up bodies, that want to be loved and accepted. Amen. And, 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 and listen, I could give the mic this morning and we could take hours, days and weeks of people telling testimonies, people giving examples. Of the times and the places that they looked for love in the wrong place and the hurts that came along with that. And even as, even as I'm saying these things, it might be a little painful to some of you because it's going to where some of your scars may be. They're not there, hopefully, they're, they're covered over, but maybe you've got some recent ones. But these are things you begin to think about because all of us want to be loved. Now, the end result of this today is that you're going to know, and I want you to know now so you don't forget, that God loves us all. And the best love of all, amen, is Jesus' love. And if you will allow Jesus to love you, you can fall in love with Jesus, and then the love of Jesus will cover everything else up and will make everything else right. But we go through life and we go through a lot of pain and we lose a lot of things and we hurt a lot of relationships and we have a lot of losses because of looking for love and acceptance. I've told this story probably a hundred times. I'm just going to tell it quickly. It's a good day today. There's new people here. But it's a great example of the girl and some of you guys will know it. You've heard it. That's okay. Someone needs to hear this this morning. Someone specifically. The girl who who who, who, who always she was looking for was love and acceptance by her father. Prom time came around, and she wanted to go to the prom. And she asked her daddy, he said, yeah, he didn't really give her much importance. The mother got the dress, she got dressed, and she came down the stairs that night to go to prom, and she had absolutely no intentions of of having any sexual relations or doing anything wrong or anything. She just wanted to go to prom, just like so many girls. She just, and listen, I know about girls. I live with three of them, so I have authority here, amen? I've raised two girls. I'm married to one for 22 years, so I can talk about girls, okay? And so girls want to be loved. Girls want acceptance. Girls want to be told they're beautiful. Girls want to be told that they look pretty. And they're looking for that. I'm not getting any amens there from the girls or the guys. Come on, help me out, y'all. Oh, we're waiting for more. Oh, okay, I'm just, just throwing that in there, right? So this girl comes down the stairs, and she's looking for the love and acceptance of her father. And she has this beautiful dress on, And listen, I'm going to be honest with you, probably at that point, in this point of her life, she, she, and this is the story, she doesn't care as much about the guy who's picking her up as she does the acceptance of her father. Now it doesn't, you might say, oh man, I don't care about the sex of my father, I I want a guy, I don't know, whatever. You might say that, but there's something put in us that wants the acceptance of our father. One of the biggest problems we have, so many problems in society today, is because the Father's not there. And that starts the trickle of all kinds of problems. Amen. But he, she comes down and she says, Dad, how do I look? And he's reading the newspaper. And she said, he doesn't even give her a time of day. Dad, how do I look? And he keeps reading the newspaper, doesn't give her any time of day. Third time, she finally says, Dad, how do I look? And without even turning around, he says something like, oh, you look fine. Never even turned around to look at her. All she wanted was dad to turn around, look at her, say, you look beautiful. Amen. You look beautiful. Amen. Well, he didn't do that. And the true story is, that woman, out of anger and, and, and rejection, because the opposite of acceptance is rejection, out of anger and rejection, left that room that night, that living room, and went and gave herself to that man had no intentions of it. She wrote a book, gave herself to that man and started 20 years of a life of prostitution from that night. Can you believe that? Now, I I know in here this morning there are some stories, like I said, that we could tell of that moment, there's a moment somewhere in our life, and there may be more than one, but there's a moment where you did not get that love and acceptance. Maybe for a guy it's not that it's a pat on the back, it's a hit on the butt, it's like good job, whatever. Don't matter what it is, but you are looking for love and acceptance. And you are looking always up and you're always looking for somebody to say you're doing a good job or you look good or you're handsome or you're you're a great player or whatever. And if we don't get that, we go into rejection rejection causes us to begin to look for love in places where it's false. False love. So I want to look at the story of Hosea this morning, if you're there, in chapter 1. And this is something the Lord really brought to my spirit and my heart. This story is a powerful story, and it's, really a, it's a true story. And I just want to make a, a, a declaration this morning and be honest about something. I'm silly enough to believe that Jonah was swallowed by a whale. I know that sounds crazy, but I believe that. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead after three days. Amen. Amen. I believe that Peter got a coin out of a fish's mouth. I believe there was a flood and Noah and his family were saved. I just believe everything this book tells me. I know that's crazy, but I have faith to believe it. So I got to believe that this is a true story too. In the story of Hosea chapter one, verse two, when the Lord began to speak by Hosea, He's a minor prophet. The Lord said to Hosea, now this is going to blow some of you away. Some of you have never read this. Look at me for a second before we read this. Some of you have never read this before. We did a little um, drama. We'll have it again in our Youth United. It's an awesome drama. Amazing, awesome, funny, very good drama about what it was like when Mary heard the news that she was going to give birth to Jesus by the Holy Spirit. Okay, by the Holy Spirit. So they did a drama, it was hilarious, and it's true, I mean, it might not have been the same lingo, but the same thoughts were going on back then, amen? Might not have been the same gestures, but they basically showed it like it was, uh, what show, the Maury Povich show, right? The Maury show, whatever it's called, and they kind of did it like, a, like that show, and all the actions and everything, but we talk about this a lot, when you begin to read the Bible, the truth of the matter is, and I've said this before, Jerry Springer has nothing on the Bible, I don't say that in a disrespectful way. It's the truth. We think sometimes, man, wow, you know, this and that. But listen, God let it all out there. God let it all open. And he he wanted us to show humanity. And there's really nothing that you have seen or heard outside of these four walls that's not in this book. And I say that because the verse you're about to read, I'm just going to say it while you're looking at me. He tells Hosea, go get a hooker. And take her for your wife. I'm just putting that in our terminology. He said the word prostitute. Okay? Go get a prostitute and marry her. Guys, how's that sound for for wisdom from the Lord? (laughs) What would you do if I told you, young single men, hey, go get yourself a prostitute and marry her, the Lord says. Be kind of weird, right? God says through the Holy Spirit, look at this, verse 2. Go take for yourself a wife of harlotry and children of harlotry. For the land has committed great harlotry, another word for prostitution, by departing from the Lord. And he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Diblaim, and she conceived and bore him a son. And the Lord said to him, call his name Jezreel, for in a little while I will avenge the bloodshed of Jezreel on the house of Jehu, and bring an end to the kingdom of the house of Israel. It shall come, stay with me, to pass in that day that I will break the bow of Israel in the valley of Jezreel. And she conceived again, and bore a daughter, and God said to him, call her name Lo-Ruhamah, and for I will no longer have mercy on the house of Israel, but I will utterly take them away. Yet I will have mercy on the house of Judah, will save them by the Lord their God, and will not save them by, by, by bow, nor by sword, or, or battle by horses or horsemen. Now when she had weaned Lo-Ruhamah, she conceived and bore a son, and God said, Call his name Lo-Ami, for you are not my people, and I will not be your God. Go and make yourself married to a prostitute. Crazy, crazy stuff. Now the reason I want you to see this this morning is because I want to show you true love. And I want to show you the story of Jesus in the Old Testament. Because the Bible tells us that from when Adam and Eve ate the apple, not on a date, amen? When they ate the apple, sin came into our lives. And we are born into sin. And we, when we're born into sin, are now separated from God until we believe and accept what God did for us to bring us back together. And so really the gospel is very simple. We're lost without Jesus. Jesus can find us where we're at. And he'll bring us back together. But we have to realize, I can't understand love until I've been shown love first. I can't love. Some of you in here this morning are not capable. Listen, I'm going to make a serious, bold statement. You're not capable of loving like you can until you've been loved by Jesus the way he can. Until you allow Jesus to, and and some of you, as I say that, are recognizing that as you've been saved for a while, and you've now been saved, whether it's months or years, whatever, how long long you've been saved, you've been, you're starting to recognize now, wow, there is, I'm changing. I'm not the same person I used to be. I don't act the same way I used to act. I don't talk the same way I used to talk. I don't think the same way I don't used to think. And listen, you should be saying, I don't love the way I used to love. I don't love the way I used to love. I love now more than I loved then. And, and listen, if you want to know this morning, is there fruit in my life? Am I growing in God? That's one of the questions you need to ask yourself. Do you love more now than you loved before you met Jesus? Because if you don't love more now than you loved before you met Jesus, then you need to fall in love with Jesus again. I don't say that in a condemning way. I say that in a good news way because listen, if there's one thing God's got to give, it's love. And His love is never ending. His love will go from the east to the west. He will love you. Listen, crazy statement. He's going to love you all the way to hell. I don't, i God forbid any of us in this place are going to go there this morning. Amen. But if you choose to reject Jesus Christ, listen, the Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, but whoever rejects Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior will go to hell. There are not more than one, there are no religions that go here and religions go there and then they wind around and they bring us back. No, the Bible says I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one comes unto the Father except through Jesus, through my love. Amen? And so if you have not found that Jesus yet, then the great news this morning is you can find him and he has already found you. And you are not here by accident this morning. You are here because Jesus loves you. But you can't understand Jesus' love, and you can't understand love until Jesus shows you his. And we never can really quite capture how wicked we are because we don't see the inside, we only see the outside. How many understand that? I can't see inside of you. You can't see inside of me. I did a message one time many years ago in Costa Rica, and it was kind of an interesting one because it kind of happened on its own. We had built a stage like this in our first building. And when we built it, uh, we used wood, of, of course. And, and I don't, at the time, at least, I don't know of, they didn't have any treated wood. So we just built the stage, and it was there for a long time. And one time when we were remodeling the church, Pastor Dustin was there. It was one of the craziest things that ever happened. It rains a lot in Costa Rica, like eight months out of the year. Like our hardest rains here don't even touch the lightest rains in Costa Rica, and it's all day, every day for eight months. So it rains a lot. And So one day we're working inside the church, and it's raining. And all of a sudden, as we're working, we got sheetrock over there and paint over here and wood over here. All of a sudden, Noah's flood comes through the ceiling. One of the, we had, it was really, really wise, really smart, being sarcastic, construction. They had the, the water ducts flowing through the, through the building instead of on the outside. So we had one right over our stage. And so we're working, and all of a sudden, I have a, I think Pastor Marshall has a video. I mean, torrential water. Just, and it flooded the church. Ruined everything we were doing. But what happened was, later on I realized that that water got under the stage. We didn't get it all out. and The water began to be humid. Time went on. The humidity was really bad there. And so the stage began to fall apart. And so there was one time when we were on the stage and we went right through the stage. you remember that, Kristen? Somebody was doing the concert, as a matter of fact. you remember that? Someone was doing the concert, up there jumping around, and boom, went right through it. It added a little flavor to this concert, amen? <laughs> scraped, scraped up the guy's knees. but So the stage, we found out, was not in good pieces anymore. And so we began to pull it apart. We built a new one. What was, what was crazy is I pulled that stage apart, and I found wood in there. We used like little 4x4s four and 2x4s. And I grabbed a piece of wood, and I looked at it, and it looked perfectly fine. I, I, there was nothing wrong with it. I tapped on it like that, and you could hear the noise. But I turned that piece of wood around, and the inside was gone. It had been rotted out by Termites. And I use that as an example, and that's not the example I want to give today, but I'm throwing this in for an example that many times we can't see what's really going on inside of a person. We, we see the outside, and we see the, sometimes the facade that we put on. And one of the things that I try my best to do as your pastor and as your spiritual leader in this house is to try to get you to be real. Amen. Be real. Amen. Because you can fake out everybody, but you can't fake out God. So the best thing you can do this morning is listen to a message like this and say, Lord, come on in. Come all the way in. I don't want you just to come into my living room or my kitchen. Come into my bedroom. Come into my closet. Go into my bathroom. Just come all the way in. And Lord, if there's anything in my life that's, that needs to be healed. I'm not even talking about sin this morning. God, if there's something in my life that needs to be healed, come in. Come in and heal me and teach me how to love like you love. Because listen, we are not capable, say this, I'm not capable, of loving without Jesus' love. Did you say that and mean it? It's the truth. I'm not capable of loving without the love of Jesus. I'm not able. Whenever you say these words, I can't do it. I'm not talking about something physical, you know, lifting up this pulpit, or, or, or do, I'm not talking about physical. I'm, whenever you, I can't forgive that person. I can't love that person. I can't get along with that person. I, whatever it is, I can't forgive that person. I can't restore, to, I can't be redeemed to that person. I can't, Whatever you say in those words, you're saying a truth. You can't. Amen. Amen. But the other truth is, you can. Yes. But you have to let Jesus' love come out of you. You have to let the love of Jesus fill you up. You have to understand how lost you are, how wicked you are, how incapable of loving you are. And then you say, Jesus, I can't do this by myself, but through Christ, I can do all things who gives me strength (laughs) through Jesus. I can learn to love this morning. Amen. Through Jesus, I can love. I cannot do it on my own. And if you've been in here and you've been hurt, and somebody's hurt you, and you you better forgive them, and you've forgiven this morning, you realize that you could not forgive them on your own. Something came along. You, You said a prayer, and you said, God, help me love them. And if you'll say these words, help me love them like you love them. That's the true words that Jesus wants to hear come from our hearts. If you don't get anything else out of this message, get that. God, help me love people like you love them. Because that's love that we can't even understand. So he has this baby, or this, this woman with babies, and she has three kids. But the three kids are not his, they're not his. She has those kids with other men after he married her. So you see redemption. You see God seeing someone in a state of massive sin and he comes along to redeem her and she turns around on him and has babies and sons with other people. So she doesn't accept the redemption. And sometimes we can look at a story like this and we go, man, what a messed up girl. But that's us. That's us. No, it ain't. Come on, man. Don't call me a prostitute. Don't call me this or that. Don't. Come on, man. You know, maybe it's a different word, but that's us. Because how many times, if you're honest with God, how many times since you gave your life to Jesus, have you turned your back on him? How many times have I turned my back on God? How many times have I ran away from him instead of running to him? I knew this was going to be a quiet message. okay. I don't need a lot of amens on this. I was just trying to mess with you, but it's going to heal you because we need to learn what true love is. And we're not capable of it without the help of Jesus. But oh, you know when revival comes? When we love like Jesus loves. Revival comes when we get the love of Jesus so full of us that it overcomes. The Bible actually says that love hides a multitude of sins. It covers a multitude of sins. Any time over my life, listen, if you've been married more than two days, you are going to have times in your marriage where you're going to do stuff to each other that's going to hurt each other. Not always on purpose, most of the time not on purpose. But you're going to do stuff. And this is a good day for some some marriage counseling message, amen? But you're going to do some stuff to each other. Sometimes it's on purpose, most of the time it's not. And you're going to do stuff that's going to hurt the other person. And when you do that, you need to learn to love the other person as Jesus loves you. Any time in my life where Carla has done something to me, and that doesn't make Carla bad. I've done things to her. It makes her human. Whenever she's done things, I try to tell her and I try to be the person to her as the man. I can't be her for me. Let me say that again. I can't be her for me. Y'all didn't catch that. Y'all don't even know what I'm trying to say. That means I I can't do anything for her for me. I can only do for me for her. See, a lot of you have marital problems because you're trying to be the other person. You're trying to fix them. Come on. Amen. You're trying to get them right. You're trying to straighten them up. Ooh, wee, it's quiet in here. Amen. But I can't change my wife. Only God can. There's something I don't like about my wife. I got to go to the Lord. Right. Amen. But for anything to happen to my wife that I need her to be, that she's not in my eyes or God's eyes, I need to learn to love her through Jesus' love and I need to be Jesus to my wife. So I have an opportunity, and you men have an opportunity, and you wives have an opportunity as women to men, as your wife to your husband. At every opportunity that something bad happens in your marriage, you have the opportunity to be Jesus to them. How many know that would heal some marriages? Instead of just looking at the fact that somebody did something to me, I can look at the fact and say, you know what, God? This is an opportunity, as hard as it's going to be, this is an opportunity for me to be Jesus to my spouse. But we can't do that sometimes because we really haven't gotten a real understanding of what Jesus was to us. The more you fall in love with Jesus, the more you fall in love with who He is and find out what He did for you, the more you're able to give. Amen? To whom much is given, much is required. So the more you fall in love with Jesus, the more he expects you to be like him. When you're young and new in the Lord and you're a baby Christian, you don't know any of this stuff. But the Bible says, Paul says, as you get older, you got to get off the milk. you got to get off the the, the, the smaller things and begin to eat the meat and begin to do things that are mature and begin to really make godly decisions and begin to say, you know what, I'm not going to sit here and pout about this situation. I'm going to be Jesus to this person. Isn't it funny how sometimes we can be Jesus to the world, but we don't be Jesus to our kids and our spouses? Amen. I mean, we saying, oh, Lord, use me, Lord. Oh, God, help me, use me. We're crying, we're praying, we're fasting, and we're saying, God, I want to change the world. Where's the world at? God, how come no, nothing's happening? And God's standing with his arms folded like this, patting his feet together, saying, you got a wife and kids right in front of you. Why don't you work on them? Come on. Ministry starts at home. Ministry starts together. Spouses, no matter what you're facing this morning, no matter what problem you're facing, no matter what financial, physical, mental, spiritual problem you're facing, if you will come together and grab hands and look each other in the eyes and say, listen, this is you and me and God you can face and make and destroy the devil and come through any problem you'll ever face if you'll say you and me and God and push everything else out off the side. Amen. Amen? You and me and God. And after we're done, if you need any marriage counseling, my aunt and uncle are free to talk to you today. Amen. How many years? 57 years of marriage. Is what I'm saying, right, Uncle Don? Right, you got to be doing something right to be getting 57 years. How many want to get to that? Amen. A miracle it takes love. So I'm not going to go into the whole story, but go over to chapter two. I want to show you just something else in this story. Chapter two, Hosea still. And we're going to close up. Verse 8, sorry, the end of verse, let's start in 7, because I want to see the end of 7, but I don't want to just kind of... So it says, she will chase her lovers, but not overtake them. Yes, she will seek them, but not find them. Then she will say, watch this, I will go and return to my first husband. Y'all see that? I will go and return to my first husband. And what that brings to my spirit this morning is Revelations 2.14. Sorry, 2.4. You don't have to look at it. So maybe even write it there in your Bible. Revelations 2.4. When you hear the Spirit of the Lord say, you have lost your first love. Maybe I said the other part was the most important. This is the most important part of the message right here. Just get this. You have lost your first love. Whenever you begin to realize, I'm, I'm not loving like I should you got to get back to your first love. Okay, if, you, if you're not loving your spouse like you should, if you're not loving your kids like you should, if you're not loving people like you should, if you're not loving yourself like you should, I mean, no, that's a problem. You can't love anybody else if you can't love yourself. But if you're in that place and you begin to say, God, what's wrong with me? Why don't, why don't I love people? Why am I struggling with this? You need to get back to your first love. You need to fall in love with Jesus again. And you need to realize that this is something that happens as human beings. We get off the path. We get busy with life. We get busy doing things. I've I've got a quote here I want to use right here. Here's about love. I I only just chose a couple. Here's what it says. Love is not about how many days, months, or years you've been together. Love is about how much you love each other every day. Every day. Every day. Sometimes we focus on, oh, I want to make it to a year of marriage. I want to make it to 10. Oh, my gosh, 57 years of marriage. You have to make a decision before you ever get to one year of marriage that you're going to love that person. Not at the year, but you're going to love them at 3, 2, 8, 60, 120, 150, 280, 350, 365, every day. You're making a decision. I'm in this till death do us part. I'm in this to stay. I'm not getting out of this. Amen. I'm going to love this person even on the days when they're not lovable. It's easy to love somebody when they're lovable. That's not hard. That's not hard. But how about the days when they're not lovable? But What we don't do is we don't turn this around. Let me tell you something. You're not lovable, but Jesus still loves you. I'm not lovable, and Jesus still loves me. There is not one day that goes by that Jesus stops loving me. Hard to imagine. Not one day. Not one minute, not one second. And I'll interject this right now for those that are taking notes because I, I feel led to say it. Romans eight thirty seven to 39 says, In all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who, what? Loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, angels nor rulers, things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's why I said earlier that Jesus will love you all the way to hell. He doesn't want anybody to go to hell. nobody. But can you, I know this is hard for us to imagine. He still loves those people in hell. Do you, think that, do you think those people that have died and gone on to hell over the last 6,000 years, do you think Jesus stopped loving them when, when they rejected him? No. Do you think that Jesus stopped loving them when they got to hell? No. He still loves them. That's what this verse is. Neither height, nor depth, nor power, nor, nor, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things to come, nor things present. That's basically saying there is nothing you can do to separate me from your love. Now, some people will take that verse and they'll try to use it and twist it and make it to where we can't lose our salvation. We can't be separated from God. We can't can't walk away from God. We can walk away from God. We can walk away from Jesus' love, but his love will never walk away from us. And he will love us even in the pits of hell. When we have rejected him, he will still love us because his love is unexplainable. His love is amazing like the song we sing. He says, I will go and return to my first husband. Watch this. For then it was better for me than now. How many have ever been in a place and you're thinking, why, have I, why am I here? I need to go back where I was, man. Jesus loves me. Why am I hanging out like that prodigal son? Why am I living in sin? Why am I doing these things? I need to go back to where it's good. For she did not know that I gave her her grain and her new wine and her oil and multiplied her silver and her gold. I mean, oh, God's always wanting to bless us. He's always giving us things. He's always taking care of us. Even when we don't deserve it, God is always pouring out things on us and he just keeps giving by grace. She says, I gotta go back. Now, the last crazy thing that happens, he married her, she left him. Now in chapter 3, look over this real quick as I'm closing. Now in chapter 3, watch what God does. Verse 1. You there? Then the Lord said to me, Go again. How many would have had troubles the first time? How many would have had troubles the second time? How many would have said, No way, the third time? Be honest. He says, go again and love a woman who is loved by a lover. This is in the Bible? Yep. And is committing adultery. Just like the love of the Lord for the children of Israel. Who look to other gods and love the raisin cake of the pagans. Stop here for a second. Look at me for a second. I don't want you to get ahead. Third time, go love her again go love that adulterous woman who's in love with somebody else now your spouse is telling you not only am I not with you not only am I have I left you i don't love you and god tells you go redeemer ooh let that pin drop i can see y'all shaking your heads inside i can see the hand gestures i can see all kinds of stuff Nope. Nope. How many have ever, how many married people I got here? Let me see your hands. How many have ever made the statement I've made? Many, many times in my life, and I thank God it's never happened. If my wife ever cheats on me, we're done. I'm just waiting to see if I anybody else. Done. I know lots of people who that's happened and they've stayed together. God's grace. Only by God's grace. But you can't really say that until it's happened. Because that's what I say. There's no way for me to say that until I was in that position. And probably in that position, some kind of supernatural, miraculous love comes along that's only God. Only God. Right, And then he says, look at verse 2. This gets even crazier. Not only do I want you to go get her, I want you to pay for her. Buy her. Buy her. It's in the Bible. Tell your friends. Don't watch Jerry Springer. Come to church. Let me know they're coming and I'll get a message like this ready and I'll preach on Hosea. Amen? They don't need to watch Jerry Springer. So I bought her for myself for 15 shekels of silver and one and one half homers of barley. He had to go and not only redeem her, he had to pay for her because that's the only way she'd go with him because she didn't love him no more. She was out there for the money. So he says, I'm going to buy you then so you can't be with nobody else. And without going into the rest of the story, he redeems her. Sound familiar? Sound like a story you've heard before? The greatest story ever told. Jesus came down from heaven and bought us with a price, with his blood, with his life. So when you begin to bring it all back into perspective and you begin to bring the story of Jesus back in and you begin to think about, see, sometimes we've got to stop and we've got to calm down and we've got to push the world aside and we've got to really meditate on this thought that Jesus came down and died for me. The sinner that I am, but sometimes we need to be real so that we can realize how wicked we are and how worthless we are and how much we don't deserve that love. Amen? Amen? I'm going to close with just a couple verses. I already read John 3 16. I already read Romans 8. Ephesians 2 4 and 5 says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. And he says, By grace you have been saved. Musicians, you can make your way up. I'm going to read this again as they're coming. Please don't lose focus. Listen to this. But God. See, that's the but God. You know what our testimony is this morning? Every one of us. But God. But God. Y'all realize that? What's your testimony? But God. What do you mean? If God wouldn't have came in, where would I be? But God, rich in mercy. What's mercy? What's grace? Unmerited favor. What's mercy? Compassion undeserved. You can't love someone else till you stop and think about how much Jesus loves you can't do it but when you begin to stop slow down and begin to realize what Jesus did for you love comes on you that you can't control and then you begin to say oh my God I owe people love I don't want to love no one asked you Jesus didn't ask he didn't ask you if you want to love do you realize that Jesus didn't ask you if you wanted to be loved? He didn't say, for God so loved the world that if they wanted to be loved, he sent his only son. This is gonna, this is, don't, don't lose me here. This is the best part. This is the most important part. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that if everyone would live for him and believe in him and change their lives, he would come down from heaven. He would die for them and he would give them eternal life if they would all say for sure I'm in I'll live for you no he didn't even ask if you want to be loved he didn't even ask he basically said I'm going to love you whether you want me to love you or not and I'm going to love you with a love you can't understand because I haven't even given you the capability God, God formed us Psalms 139 we know all these verses how he formed us but he formed us in a way That without His love, we're incapable of being happy. He he left a hole there. When He made us, He left a void there. That we try to fill with alcohol. That we try to fill with drugs. That we try to fill with relationships. That we try to fill with work. And I could go on, the list could go on, and, and I could find whatever yours is. It's there. That you try to fill that void with, and sometimes not even on purpose... And Jesus sits back and says, I'm a jealous God. I need, I really, but I'm not, but I'm a gentleman. I'm not going to force my way in, but I sure want that place that you're filling that void with. That's, that's my place. How many of you have been jealous? Everybody. God's jealous. And he loves you. You think you've been in love before? You think you've loved somebody? I know how much I love my wife. I know how much I love my daughters. They're my world. They're my world. I love them so much. And yet in all the love that I have for them, I'm not even capable of understanding an ounce of the love that Jesus has for me. I'm not even capable. With all the love that I have for my wife and daughters and other people, I'm not capable of understanding that he loved me even though I didn't want to be loved. Isn't that really what true love's about? Because you think about what love is. Love is loving somebody that's not lovable. It's giving love that's not giving back. It's giving love without expecting something back. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And all He asked us to do was believe. He didn't say, so he says that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life so he says I love you and the result of you loving me back is that I'm going to take you to heaven with me. y'all still here that's the result the result is you believe in me and I'm taking you to heaven with me and I, wanna, I love you I want to spend eternity with you that's why I made you but he says even if you don't accept me I don't stop loving you and that's where our capacity to understand is out the door we can't quite get that because you might be in a relationship, you might be in a family, you might have been raised a certain way, but you've never understood love like that. Because the love you were taught, if there was any, was a love that I give and you give back. Come on, let me, let me hit you there for a second. This will be, there's healing. A message like this is like surgery. It's going in and it's fixing the problem. And then it gets, gets uh, what's the word? Sewed up and then it heals that scar and it's visible something happened but you leave changed you leave healed this is the message you start realizing man God loves me in a way that I can't even understand Psalms 86 15 says but you O Lord are a God merciful and gracious slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness love is not about how much you say I love you listen to this, love is not about how much you say I love you, but how much you can prove that it's true I mean, that's what God wants from us words are cheap to say I love you is not that hard although some people struggle with that we need to be in a place where we can say I love you and mean it that comes from in here here's the final verse this might be the most important words in the whole Bible because this is where you really capture love you really understand what true love is when you see the story of Hosea and you see that God says I want you to go take that prostitute how many how many grew up your entire life especially you ladies that that are waiting for that gown and and, and the bride and the, and, the, and the wedding and you're more in love with usually until later you're more in love with the wedding than you are and the idea of the wedding than the guy because you want that dress and you want the cake and you want to look like a princess all that goes on right how many of you grew up going man I, I can't wait to get older so I can marry a prostitute so I can marry you know some drug addict you don't do that you dream of Mr. Perfect you dream of that sweet beautiful queen you don't dream of that ugly stuff God says, hey, I know you've dreamed about that your whole life because Hosea was a minor prophet. The Bible doesn't say about him being living that kind of life. Not being, not being sinful. He had sin, of course, but it doesn't say he is messed up like she was. And so he lived a good life and all of a sudden he says, you know that person you've been dreaming about? That's not who you're going to get. I want you to go marry a prostitute. And that was just the beginning. I, I, this, let, me, let me finish. This is funny. You know, how many have ever got a prophetic word? If someone's spoken a word over you, like maybe if it's even been here, someone's been like, God's going to do this in you, and God's going to do that in you, he never tells you all the details. Can you imagine, he'll be like, God is going to use you, and, and God is going to prod his blessings upon you, and God is going to use you to touch nations, and, and I've heard those words, right? And God is going to use you to, to raise up soldiers in the army of the Lord, and I mean you're just like, you know? But what if God came to you and said, you are going to be stabbed in the back. People are going to spit on you. People are going to leave you. You're going to have struggles. You're going to have nothing but problems. What if he came and told us all that? It wouldn't be quite so exciting to sign up. But God gives us the end. When he prophesies over you and he gives you a word, he's telling you where he's taking you, not where you are. He's telling you, where he's, because if he told you what you had to go through to get there, you wouldn't sign up. Right? Someone gets, you get a job, they say, here, 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 here's what you're going to get paid. And you go, okay, that sounds good. They don't tell you all the stuff you're going to do. And you get in there and you're like, that's not my job description. Well, this is what you're going to get paid though, right? That's kind of how it is with God. But how many know that every little thing you could possibly go through for God is worth it and it's not even comparable to the glory that's waiting for us in heaven. Amen. For the glory that's waiting for us uh, down there. Amen. Love. True love. So here's the verse. God loved us so much that while we were sinners died for us Romans 5 8 want a go to verse that's it God loved us so much that while we were sinners he died for us who would lay down their life for someone who's not even promising to love back I've used that scenario a bunch of times but God did he gave he loved you on credit amen